Tonight, if you would please, I was just going through things and thanking God this week, especially for uh, God's companionship. And uh, if you would turn over to Genesis, I want to just read a little bit with you. Genesis 39, and uh, I'll read the first six verses, and I'll skip over to verse 21. Uh, Genesis 39, verse 1. And Joseph brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house, and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' home or house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew all he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Turn over verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keepers of the prison. And the keepers of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that he which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Pray with me. Father, teach us tonight. Lord, there's a reason that we come together, and that's to learn of you and have your hand upon us. We're two together to you in our name, in your name, dear Lord, you said you'd be with us. We ask you for that presence tonight as we study these words. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking about just having the Lord's presence with us all the time. And I believe that every Christian has the privilege of this divine companionship. And I believe many Christians forget that beautiful fact. Uh, People often ask, can the Lord really be with me? answer that, of course, is yes. That's a Bible truth. In Genesis 39, here where we just read, in verses 2, 3, verse 21, verse 23, Four times the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and showed him mercy and gave him favor. From these four verses, I want you to come think about this subject of divine companionship. Joseph was a type of Jesus Christ. Now, by that I mean uh, when we say that he was a type of Christ. In the Old Testament, there are persons 
those places and things that were typical of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph was, is one of those types. He is a type of Jesus in that he was favorite of his father Jacob. Uh, Joseph was a favorite son, and Jesus was God's only begotten son. Uh, Joseph was rejected of his brethren, and the brethren of Jesus rejected him. Joseph was counted as dead and buried in a well or a hole, yet he was raised up alive. Jesus died and was buried in a tomb and raised again alive. Joseph became a savior and deliverer of his brethren of those who had rejected him. They would have starved. He would have starved if not had been for Joseph. Then Jesus is the savior of those who had rejected him also. Now, not just talking about the likeness of Joseph and the Lord Jesus Christ. What I want to talk to you about tonight, though, is uh, the message Joseph as a illustration of how a Christian may have the divine companionship of God. Joseph needed divine companionship because of three things were against him. First, his family was against him. As strange as it might be, the Bible teaches that it, that is often so. In Matthew 10, verse 34 through 36, Jesus said, In many instances, a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So number one, Joseph needed divine companionship because his family was against him. Joseph's master was against him. Now note this master was not against him because of any sin of Joseph, but because of lies that were told on. And that was that's often true in Christian lies also. So he, he was his own master was against him. But Joe, Jesus warned us to beware when all men speak good of you. So number two, Joseph's master was against him. Now, that's another reason Joseph needed God's companionship. Circumstances was against Joseph. He was a Jew. He was taken down into Egypt. He was cast into a pit, then unjustly cast into prison. Circumstances were truly against Joseph. One time a Christian asked another Christian, How are you getting along? The other Christian responded with, uh, Under the circumstances, I'm doing fine. But no Christian should ever live under the circumstances. Now, only watch this. Joseph had three things against him. He had his family. He had his superiors. His circumstances was against him. All of these were against him. But the Bible tells us he had divine companionship. God was with him. Now, what I want to show tonight is God is with every believer in five ways. He's with us for encouragement and uplifting and strengthening in the things of God. God is with us in soul winning. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Uh, and, and I want to just give you something about this uh, out of these verses. When a church, uh, when a group of people, when a family of believers has a holy desire to go out and win the lost to God, uh, in that church, 
Jesus said, if you go, I am with you. Now, brother, that's the one day, that's the one reason that I love to go visit. I don't care. I, I wish that people would ask me more in this day and time. I, I guess they think I'm too old to go, but I still love to do it. I love to go to church, uh, to hospitals. I like to go homes. I like to go anywhere. And for this reason, I know if I go that God's with me. Amen. There are four alls in God's great commission in Matthew 28. He said, all power, that gives us the power to do the job with. All nations, that is the scope of our responsibilities. We as a church, we as a believer, are responsible for the world as far as getting the gospel out. Jesus said, all power is given and all nations need to hear. Then, all things. The Lord wants us to preach the, the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. When we get people saved, our job is not finished. We must teach them all the things of the Bible. Baptists, soul winner, baptism, soul winning, tithing, church fellowship, and uh, just keep on growing. All things. I, uh, I got real tickled as a man called me last night and said, uh, that this lady that uh, uh, used to come to our churches, uh, I said, what what happened? And uh, she said, she's all mad at me, at me because of a sermon that I preached. And I said, well, what in the world did I preach about? You preached that uh, God's favorite nation is Israel. And her name is Adula or something. And uh, she believed that uh, uh, her family was... Uh, uh, Indians and so on, they, they believed in uh, that way of life. And he was talking to me like, I ought not to preach on that. And I never will forget. A man called me once and said, Now, preacher, I'm bringing some friends of mine uh, to church Sunday, and uh, their wholeness, and please don't preach on speaking in tongues. And when they did, so help me, my whole sermon went straight to tongues. I don't know. I didn't plan it that way, but it just that's just the way it is. And uh, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even in the end of the world. So God is with the church in a special way, which sets out to win the lost of Christ. Jesus said, All power, all nation, and all things. And then he said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Therefore, requirements for the kind of evangelism. When you talk about an evangelistic soul-winning church and seeing people saved, a consistent, constant ministry of reaching the lost, there are four requirements that the Bible teaches us. Number one, we must have a vision. We must have a vision. Number two, we must agonize. Number three, we must organize. And number four, we must evangelize. Now, I want you to think about that just for a moment. Did you know the Bible said that some sow, some water, and some reap? Amen? Do you know that's organization? And, and I'm not talking about coming together in a place at a certain time and, and praying and going out and visiting. That's great. 
But you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the church. The whole church ought to be concerned about souls enough that if one is watering, another reaping, and so on, we're all working for the same purpose. And that's what it's about. And God said, if you do that as a church group, I'll be there with you. We must visualize. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Every church member needs to get a vision of seeing people uh, saved and lives being changed for the glory of the Lord. Then we must agonize. In Luke 22, verse 44, says of Jesus in the garden, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. In order to see people saved and see the work of God growing, God wants it to grow, someone must agonize. Someone must know what it means to agonize in his soul. That is, it means some sleepless nights, weeping before the throne of grace, travailing before God in prayer, seeking God's face over souls of men and women, and praying for people. And God said, I'll bless that person. We must organize for the lack of better words. I mean, like 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 said, For we are labors together with God. Amen? Uh, any church, any bunch of people, it'll do that. God said, I'll be there with you. And then we must evangelize. And that's really an easy part. And we have to do evangelize too, is what Jesus said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, we was uh, we had a lady over at our house this week, and and uh, Mary said, uh, uh, "Preacher, I'm, I'm real concerned about her soul. Now I don't know how to go about reaching her." And we sat there and talked for quite a while, and and uh, I just come right to the point. I said, "If you wish to die right now, you know you go to heaven." And we had the best time. I uh, just sitting there and and praying. Now here's what only reason I told you that is because to evangelize simply means to if, if you know somebody's saved, don't go talking about everything in the world. Talk to them about the soul. Amen? Give them the gospel. That's evangelism. Tell them that what they need is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? As somebody said, well, you'll make them mad. No, you won't. And not if God's in it. And if God's in it, brother, they appreciate you being concerned about their soul. And I, I said to this lady, I said, now, I don't, I don't want to be harsh or nothing. All I want to know is I know I'm going to heaven. I want you to go with me. And she said, you're not getting up a load tonight, are you? <laughs> but we had the best time just talking about the Lord. Amen. And that's what we all should do. Now, he's with us in a personal witness and a personal conviction. Someone said, if every Christian had a backbone instead of a wishbone with a better place, the world would be a better place. And a lot of uh, Christians don't really stand for anything, but some do. Dr. Charles Weigel was a great Christian. He wrote that great song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. He wrote that song after his wife told him, I will not be a preacher's wife. I want to. I don't no more of this evangelism and soul winning and living like a vagabond out of a suitcase. And in his hotel room, he fell prostrate on his face. 
and on the floor and whipped and whipped. And out of that uh, terrible thing that he went through, no one ever cared for me like Jesus came out of it. That great song. And Dr. Weigel lived to be 90-something years old. But his wife died shortly after she left him. Now, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. It said about Joseph. I'd rather have the Lord with me than anything in the world. I believe the Lord is with us in a special way in that personal witnessing and deep conviction. God puts in the life of a Christian. God is with us in our testing. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 23 and verse 6 to 11, you'll find that God sent some people uh, in in a terrible way and they got uh, in a terrible fix. And then Jesus came to them. God never puts us through testing that He's not with us. He never leaves us. He's with us in our service for Him. Exodus 33, verses 12 through 17. When old Moses learned the secret of divine companionship, on he went. Now that's what we need to learn. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He's with us in the hour of death. Someone asked a preacher, why do you preachers, uh, why don't you preachers stop talking about the graveyard? And the preacher answered, we will when you quit going there. Amen. And that's the truth. Dr. Harold Siler, I know one of my favorite old sermons of Dr. Harold Siler was by grace are you saved. And he talked about the grace of God. And uh, uh, one of the illustrations I'll never forget is he said, God gives us all kinds of graces. But he said, I've never experienced the grace when it comes to dying because I ain't died yet. He said, when it comes time to dying, God will be right there with me. Amen. And that grace will be there with me. Now that's divine companionship. It starts the moment you are saved and it never ends. Genesis 39 verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Amen. We had the greatest time with this fellow in the hospital the other day. And I said, uh, I was asking him the same question that I asked everybody. I said, you know, you just die right now, you go to heaven. He said, yes, I do. And uh, just, we, we, after a while, we got to laughing and talking just about uh, uh, living for the Lord. And he says, I know I'm saved. And the Bible, and he just gave him... Uh, some of the sweetest fellowship we had. And he said, and the Lord is with me here in this hospital, and the Lord is with me all the time. Now, brother, I wouldn't take nothing for that. Amen? That's divine companionship. Did you know one of the, God, one of the devil's uh, greatest tricks to get you depressed? Nobody cares. That's it. Nobody cares about you. God don't even know you're alive. Nobody cares. You better put it in the back of your mind and keep it there. God loves you and He's always with a Christian. Amen? Ain't nothing like it. Father, 
thank you for your precious word. It just keeps us going and keeps blessing us from day to day with your presence continuously. And we know, we don't think and no maybe about it, we know 